listeners, I am your host, Paola, and this is Let's Talk About It. Here, we host conversations about current social political issues as well as other issues present on our everyday lives. On today's episode, we will talk about a Puerto Rican's point of view in the diaspora with Ian Gonzalez. Hello, everybody. Yeah, Ian, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, my name is Ian Gonzalez. I come from Atillo, Puerto Rico. Um, I've been at Iowa State for four years studying mechanical engineering. I'm going to be there for three more years uh, because I just added a software, yeah, Shit. <laughs> a software major. Um, and I'm also doing a minor in French because I like, I like learning languages. I like learning about other cultures. I started the Polyglot Club at Iowa State, which is a club branded as a home for all languages because I realized there was a Spanish club, a French club, German club, whatever, but there was no one club for language learners who like wanted to learn more than one language or just wanted to share ideas. So what's the There name of no your club? Polyglot Club. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, so we started it last semester, but due to paperwork and stuff, we we're gonna start it like completely. We we're gonna, you know, really, really start it this coming semester. That's so exciting. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's great because I love language. I, you know, I took French in high school and Ooh, nice. even though I don't know much of it, it's like French is one of these things that I got the education for it. So if I read it, I know what it's written, but the pronunciation of it, I'm not good at it. So I don't yeah. understand if yeah. someone's speaking, but like, I get it. Yeah. I, that sounds like a great idea. It's great. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I'm so proud of you. Oh my god, I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, so today we're gonna talk about Puerto Rico, and if you don't know a lot about Puerto Rico, I'm gonna give a little, little short, brief history. We've been a U.S. colony for 120 years, 121 years to be exact. Um, just feel free to jump in any moment you want. If okay, I missed we'll do, we'll something do. important or something, so. <laughs> Currently, Puerto right. Rico is Puerto Rico's experiencing some kind of. It's a movement that a lot of people have called a revolution, and mm. and it's sort of like it. It's sort of a revolution. We're revolving against a corrupt government. It doesn't mean that we're looking for independence at the moment. You know, a lot of people confuse. They think revolution. It's like, oh, you want the revolution for independence, and that's not it. And it's 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 a very scary term. But right now, we're just we want. A better Puerto Rico and I feel like especially our generation like millennials and young like old Gen Xers that you know we want a good change for Puerto Rico and we can vote now so that's what we're doing and so basically we're just revolting against a corrupt government and it's not the first time this has happened Puerto Rico had an independent movement um a couple years ago, it was in the 1940s, around that time, but it was not as easy because the level of education was much, much lower and there was no funding for it. It was super under the table and a lot of things were illegal back home. For example, carrying our own flag was illegal. Like we were <laughs> under U.S. rule. So our governor was not even Puerto Rican. It was this American guy um, that I forget his name all the time. And but even after even after that, uh, when we became a colony, first we got we had like military governors 
from the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had, like, people wanted, you know, a Puerto Rican running the government. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. named one Puerto Rican, Limonio Marin, which was, like, in the 50s. And he did do a lot of good things for the people. He, like, divided up, a, a, you know, a parcela. Mm-hmm. Parcels? Yeah, those were, like, yeah, there were, like, uh, spaces of land that, uh, publicly owned land that usually in the, in the main urban areas of each town or city um yeah. and he would divide it up into small plots of land for um the you know the poor who sometimes you know were homeless or something so so even if you were poor if you got like you could get a parcel and you know build your little house or something but even still you know um since he was kind of supporting like a middle ground kind of relationship with the u.s like we have today he wasn't in favor of like full independence from a more radical standpoint and he helped crush the independence movement um in a pretty violent way but maybe that's a topic for who who helped crush the independent movement uh yeah so this is this is how messed up this is now i am googling and it doesn't <laughs> it has like eradicated the the US governor that was appointed by the US so it doesn't um it's really hard to find the first civilian governor of the island under Foraker law was Charles Herbert Allen and the system was still used after approval of the Jones Act, which altered the structure and government of Puerto Rico and was used until 1948, which is when Luis Muñoz Rivera was appointed. So we never had Luis Muñoz Marín. So we never had, if every time a U.S. appointed a governor, it was an American governor. Yes. And then we no. had... Oh, okay. keep on. And then we had Luis Muñoz Marín, which, yes, we voted for him, but it was before that. According to everything that I have found on Google in the last five minutes of research, it's all been American officials. All right, this is this is a list from the University of Puerto Rico. So, 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 we became a, a U.S. territory in... 1989. 18, 1898. I'm sorry, I always yeah, flip them around... <laughs> All the time. No worries. So you can see how around 1898, we had General Sabas Marin, General Ricardo Ortega, General André González Muñoz, very Spanish-sounding names. This is all in the, same, in the same year. General Ricardo Ortega, and then we had Major General John R. Brooke. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's when the, the you know transition happened. Uh, Mayor General Guy V. Henry, Brigadier General George W. Davis, Charles Allen, blah, 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 all the way up to, and after that, we had Jesus de Piñero. Mm, That's the guy. Got it. Yes. But he was not, he was not elected. He was just appointed. he was assigned. Good old Wikipedia, Jesus de Piñero was the first and only native Puerto Rican to be appointed governor by the government of the United States. Which makes more sense now. Yeah. And then Luis Muñoz Marín, right after him, yep. uh, was the first elected governor of Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Democratically elected by the people. The one was assigned by the... Yeah. Directly by the U.S. So, 
not very democratic right there. Nope, nothing. Nothing about Puerto Rico has really been too democratic if we're going to really get yeah. deep down in it. But, okay. So I'm just going to continue with the history real quick because we kind of yeah, like... let's go. So we had him, and then we had the revolutionary movement with Pedro Albizu Campos, which was a revolutionary. Yep. Um, he was a scholar. He knew all about everything. He studied law in the U.S. He was yep. elite yep. college. He was fantastic. Smartest person on earth. Um, he got captured. He got killed out by giving him a bunch of gamma rays. Which is basically just radiation. They just killed him. People would get killed in the streets if they were wearing all black. Because that was the revolution color. So no civilian was allowed to wear black. Because if not, you you could get killed. Like, it was legal for a military officer to just shoot you in the street and be like, he was just an independent person. You know, he wanted the independence for the island. So it's been very dictatorship like and there's a lot of other messed up things that has happened in Puerto Rico not only with the revolutionary movement but um the US currently has Viagra because it was tested on Puerto Ricans first illegally I don't know if you knew this but women in the US now have birth control because at one point it was tested on us you have the flu vaccine because it was tested on Puerto Ricans first so it's all this bunch of messed up illegal BS that happened against Puerto Rican. There was actually a doctor and he was an oncologist and he was like, oh, I am saving the world um, of cancer while he was injecting cancer cells to Puerto Ricans under FDR government and he got featured in Life magazine. So it's just a lot of really bad things. Now, Puerto yeah, Rico... And, and, and not, not, only, not only that, but I, I, I have a quote saved on my desktop actually because I just found it kind of you know, ironic. Huh. So I don't remember where it's from. Maybe an article I was reading when like all the protests were happening. But so it says, is there any hope for Puerto Rico becoming a state in the future? Uh, after all, the reason they're not is because more than a century ago, a judge said that Puerto Ricans were too racially inferior to be part of the U.S. legal system. But today, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, whose parents were born in Puerto Rico, sits on the highest court of law in the U.S. The Supreme Court. Yeah, so, yeah um, we've definitely but, come a long yeah. way, but it has not been an easy fight, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and yep. it's been very difficult. So currently, Puerto Rico is classified as a commonwealth. Um, it's We basically have a con- colonial status masked mm-hmm. as a territorial status, so it's currently yep. illegal to have colo- colonies, so you know, legal loopholes, it's been masked to be a territory by law. Um, so the you know, United Nations can't really intervene much because territories are legal. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at right now. We have uh, we have one representative in Congress, but she's not allowed to vote. And we cannot vote for the president if we live in the ma- in the island. Now, if you move to the mainland, you are allowed to vote for the president because you live in one of the states. Correct. But if you live in Puerto Rico, you're not. So we get affected by everything, other people by other people's decisions, and we have nothing to say about it. Yeah. Cool. We have no no say in the laws that affect us. Even but if there's a draft, like my 
you know, I, I, I know some people from, you know, the older generation in Puerto Rico that were drafted into Korea and Vietnam. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're required you know, we fight, to go we to... fight in wars, yes. but we can't, you know, yes. so have we a got... the laws and affect us. I've gotten... So I've gotten so many questions about, oh, when did you, you're Puerto Rican, right? I'm like, yeah. It's like, when did you get, like, the U.S. citizenship? And I was like, uh, 1916? Like, uh, I don't know. We were born with it. Like, and it, you know, the U.S. needed military service. They needed soldiers. And it's like, here you go. We have an island of three million people. Mm-hmm. let's use them and so they gave us the citizenship which is like yeah great we have the citizenship which was something that a lot of people wanted but it's like at what cost do we have it like we literally yeah. have to die to have a citizenship that we didn't even ask for in 1960 mm-hmm. like we didn't even no one spoke English uh, in the island I, I wouldn't straight up say that we didn't ask for it because it was 1916 I, Ian we didn't know English like the people, yes, maybe the people in charge, but nevertheless, yeah, we we got our like Puerto Ricans got U.S. citizenship in the context of the First World War, you know, like U.S. entering. Oh, let's get Puerto Rican citizenship, you know. That's there's a direct correlation there. So right, but it's a war that it was not even like we didn't know Artists, about it. Did, it was yeah, not our yeah. war. No one spoke mm-hmm. English. Puerto Rico had been under colonial status for only twenty years, like. <clears throat> English, if they spoke English, it was very, like, broken English. It was starting to get introduced. Like, you have to see the times of it. And that's why I say we didn't really ask for it, because it's like, I don't... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and if you really see history, we've been from being a a, a 500, 400 years of Spanish colonialism to 120 years of American colonialism, and Puerto Ricans don't have... We don't even have a passport. It never existed. Puerto Rican citizenship doesn't exist. There's not even a history of it. And yet, I feel like there's a lot of credit to be given to us Puerto Rican that we have created an identity despite all that. Like, we're not... We're very much Spanish as we are Caribbean, as we are Americans to a certain extent. And we are, you know... We're our own people, and to not even have our own citizenship is just messed up, in my opinion. Like, we've been deprived of so many things because of colonialism, and I don't think it's fair. That's all I'm going to say. Now, let's stop getting so depressed by a lot of history, and let's talk about current events. Okay, so Puerto Rico has this movement, if if you've heard... It's been 14 days of protest. They haven't stopped. Um, we made the governor resign. Finally, it was very difficult and traumatizing to see it when you're not there. And I really wanted to be there. And I'm seeing all the live videos and I'm seeing the news. I can't work. It was basically like experiencing Hurricane Maria all over again. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is, you know... And seeing my people get united for a common goal, which is it hasn't happened in a long time because everybody's been divided by parties and all that. It was something truly beautiful to see, yet heartbreaking. How was your experience being in China right now or Japan? But you were in China at the moment. How was it for you? Well, just to give a bit of backstory, I know we talked a little bit before you started recording but um i spent the past two months in uh beijing 
China on internship. So Iowa State, my university, our university, um, is starting this program through the engineering department, mechanical and aerospace engineering. Um, it's a partnership with a university in China uh, that's dedicated to a lot of things, but mainly renewable energy research. And that was what that was what I was doing while there. But also there was a culture aspect to it. So not only did I get to do some cutting edge research um, in renewable energy, I got to explore China and you know experience the culture, get immersed in it, which I think is very valuable because China's the U.S.'s number one trading partner. And especially with, with all that's going on in the governmental, um, you know, in the political rhetoric and the news about, you know, China's this, China's that. I wanted to see for myself, like, what actually China is and not have someone else tell me. Mm -hmm. And right now, I also got the chance to, I'm in Japan currently, trying to see the country. It's all been a dream of mine to go come see it. So I've been in, on the other side of the world for most, most of the summer. Um, and yeah, it was kind of interesting because like you said like uh, yeah i wasn't there for maria and now i was literally on the other side of the world there was a 12 hour time difference from puerto rico um exactly and it was hard to see you know all this stuff happening and me not being able to do anything about it you know when i was in during maria like i almost boarded a plane and went but my aunt was like no don't go oh my god me we too don't, we i don't, could, we oh. don't know like what the situation is so we have to like wait and see um thankfully my family was fine and no major damages to our property or anything but like we were the lucky ones because that was not the case for a lot of puerto ricans um and now with all this stuff happening where you know this chat was leaked and the things from like homophobic comments to yeah. you know stuff like i said lgbt community stuff against yeah women so, stuff against so the hurricane talk, against the hurricane about, yeah yeah let's talk about the chat so a lot of people think that we're we're mad about a chat. We're not mad about a chat. We're mad about it's proof of everything that we believe was going on. So there were a lot of things, and we thought it was speculation. We know we knew there was corruption. We didn't know where it was coming from. Um, we knew we were in massive debt. No one knew how we were in debt because no one would tell us what the debt is happening. So the government hides a lot of things. If anybody hasn't noticed yet. And so that chat was leaked and that's how we could see where the corruption was coming from, who was stealing the money, who was doing what. And on top of that, we find out that our governor is racist. He is against, he's a misogynist. He's against the LGBTQIA plus community. You know, he made fun of 4,000 more plus people that died in a hurricane, in a natural disaster. So that was like the cherry on top to just make us even more mad yeah. and be like, you have to go. You have to leave. We did not vote for this. You told us you were going to do all these things when we voted for you and you're, you've just betrayed us <laughs> and you're how you have to go. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. And also a lot of people are quoting, Oh, freedom of speech. He was just talking, talking in private. You know, maybe, you know, they're using the same locker room argument that, like, Trump used when the, um, grabbing by the, you know, scandal came out with Trump and everything. But first of all, you know, in that case, it wasn't, for, like, with Trump, it wasn't okay, and here's not okay, because 
first of all, you're an elected official, so you're you're held up to a higher standard than your average. Exactly, person, you're right? not you're not a rapper. You're not a high school student. You're not. Yeah. You're a governor. You're. Yes. You're People the representation you. of a yes. whole population. You're the face of Puerto Rico, in. America and the world at large. So yeah. So yeah. It, um, it, it's yeah. But not 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 only that. Like a lot of people were like, because a lot of people heading this movement were rappers and famous people. Even Ricky Martin, who's a great representative of Puerto Rico. You know, I grew up listening to Ricky Martin with you know my parents and stuff, and everyone know who, who knows who he is, right? He's been yeah. On, like, if you don't, if you don't know who Ricky like, Martin is, like, get out of famous. your rock. Get out of the cave, please. Yeah, yeah, like, Living La Vida Loca, like, who doesn't know that song? Like, mm-hmm. even karaoke's even today and stuff. Yeah, he came out as gay, you know, like, maybe 10 years ago now or something. Something like that. Um, I remember I was a kid and I was like, I'm like, gonna marry Ricky chat, Martin. Like, like, when I was a kid, every every girl would be like, he's so beautiful, I'm gonna marry Ricky Martin. And my whole, like, all the adults are like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> like, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> And then and then we kind of yeah, we well, grew up and we learned that he was it was actually never gonna happen and just the disappointment was incredible because we couldn't have it <laughs> but yeah no he yeah, that was I, I, I look up I look up to him actually because like especially you know Puerto Rico still kind of um, male oriented I don't know how you would say that like kind of a, a machita like misogynist you know, society and for him to like have the guts to like be himself and publish a book about who he is and just not be afraid to live life the way he wants it to. Like that takes a lot of guts. Yeah. And yeah, he's probably more of a man than like many men out there just because of that. Cause he has the guts to do something, you know, not like change depending on mm-hmm. how others think of him. Yeah. Really no, cool. I, de- I definitely, anyway, uh, back to the, back yeah. to the, I definitely yeah, think it was very brave of him. And of all the rest of the artists, I want to bring it back to the situation that's happening right now. How they've co- like they've come out on the streets as like we're one of you guys. We were raised in the same streets, but we're not. They were not born Ricky Martin. They were not born Residente. They were not born Bad Bunny. They were born just simple Puerto Ricans, you know. And they they went down to that level again of humanity and you know civilian life. And they went and they were in the front lines protesting, encouraging people to stand up for their beliefs, to stand up for their country. And I believe that was the most, it was beautiful. And that is what, it, it had a lot of weight on the people's decision to actually go and stop a whole country from working. To go protest and reach, reach over a million people protesting, which is what led the governor to resign. You know, they they helped. They had a very important part on unifying yeah. a country. And uh, I feel like something I have I have to say at least once before um, we finish talking is that, like, it's not about... Because, like I was saying, like, rappers were heading this movement, right? Mm-hmm. Among other famous people, but mainly rappers like Bad Bunny, uh, Residente Calle 13, PJ uh, Sinsuela. Yeah, you know, and obviously, like, there's most of their songs are not, you know, like children's songs or anything. You know, they're very explicit. They talk about, you know, sexual themes and drugs and street life and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of people are saying, "Oh, why should I tell my children, for example, that they're an ex- they're 
An they example to follow? look up to them. Yeah, yeah, because... And they, they have kind of a point there, right? Like, you you, you can't say your, to your children, like, yeah, like, all this stuff is good when it's clearly not. But, but it's not a point. music for that's children, not though. That's true, that's true. Like, and the, po- if and you're the, letting... the point of the protest wasn't ever, like, the, like, vulgar nature of the comments. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, that's why even a lot though of... there were personal attacks yeah, yeah, that's what a lot of Maria people... victims and celebrities, but yeah. it was more, there was corruption in there as well you know there's jay fonseca one of the top you know re- news reporters on the island covering the story mm-hmm. published a list i think of over 20 um possible <clears throat> because he's also like a, a lawyer possible uh infractions to the law based on like mo- mostly cor- mostly corruption and fraud that and uh you know tampering with the with evidence justice. i don't know the correct legal term but yeah basically like judges uh, you know, doing shady stuff with their cases and stuff. They're tampering with um, the evidence. Yeah, yes. so there's there's actual crime in there, you know, or yeah. at least stuff to be investigated from a criminal perspective. So it's not just like, oh, they were just, you know, cussing and whatever. It's definitely more than that. Definitely, and I think there's there's a lot more things that go on that we don't even know yet to the extent of it. Like, we're asking for the debt to be explained, to be, you know, where is the debt coming from? Where where has all that money gone? And they refuse to do it. They refuse to make it public. And, you know, we don't know where that money, money is gone. Like, why we pay more taxes. We pay um, higher taxes in some states. We pay double the amount for food. Because of the Jones Act, we pay so many other things. How are we in debt if we pay more money? Like, who's taking yeah, all that yeah. money, first of all? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, the U.S. gives us, like, I don't know exact figures, but, like, the U.S. gives us, dollars being sent to the, like, to 10% of what we give them. No, that's fair, but there's still a lot of money coming into the island. Like, what's happening to all that money? You know, you, you don't really see it in the education yeah, or okay. the infrastructure. Okay, I'm going to stop you right or... there. There's a lot of money coming into the island, but there's more money leaving the island. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. So it doesn't sure. it doesn't yeah. equate. It doesn't equate. Like, it's not it's not a fair trade. It's like, it's if you open a business and you lose, more, you lose money, like, you pay more for rent and for electricity bill than you actually sell in the store, you're going to go bankrupt. Now something has to change. Now we don't have a saying on where that money is going for because we don't get the power to vote for anything. So we're basically just paying because we have no choice and we don't know where that money is going. And it's just many levels of messed up. Now I have a question for you. So we, we managed to make the governor resign, which is still not, it's affected on Friday the 3rd. Correct? Yes. Uh, I thought it was second. the second. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Friday 2nd. Yeah. It's, effect- it, it's affected that day. Do you think we're going to have the energy to continue the fight and to completely eliminate corruption from the government positions? Because currently... Uh, cut- uh-huh. because, because currently, so the next in power would be Juan Navasquez. She doesn't want to be governor. But also the people don't want her to be because she's also been meddling in some shady business that has been made public. She, there was some text messages also got leaked 
where she was having a conversation and saying, please don't send me evidence of this fraud because I don't want to investigate it. So it's like she knows illegal things are happening and she doesn't want to invest. She doesn't want to do her job. So if she cannot do her job when she was like secretary of justice, do you really think she's going to do her job when she's governor? Of course not. Yeah, and, and she's been also like accused of uh, tampering with, with a case where uh, I, I believe her daughter was like her daughter's home was broken into. And she, like, mismanaged that case. Mm. First of all, she, I think she ran the case herself, which was, like, conflict of interest, of course. Yeah. And, you know, maybe she just wanted to protect her, like, her family, of course, who wouldn't want to. But being Secretary of Justice, you you should know there's proper channels to do. Yeah, yeah. You have to follow like the that. law. Like, so, she's, she's yeah, the highest course, position in law, like, in the whole island. Why would she so course, do yeah. something like that? Then again, corruption. Now, there's a lot of people talking about they want Tomas Rivera Chats um, to take power. They want him to get appointed as the new governor. There's a lot of people that also don't want that because he has a lot of skeletons hidden in the closet, and it's, like, a public secret. So everybody knows he's been meddling on some illegal stuff, and people also don't want him. Now, the opinions on that are a little more divided. So, like, I would say, like, half and half. I've seen people that support him. I've seen people that don't. Whereas with Wanda Vasquez, really no one wants her. Like, she's just, like, a the same amount of people that did not want Ricky, the same amount of people do not want Wanda. Like, she's not going, we're going to make her resign anyway. Who do you, like... We have nothing. We have no one to rule the island. We, we have nothing. Yeah. There's not enough time to make elections at this point. There's there's not enough money, apparently, or that's something that David Begnott said. So this, this was a question. I made this question to Jay Fonseca in the morning because he put out on Twitter that Tomas Rivera Chats, they wanted him to take position. They wanted to take the government position. Governor. And I asked, can this go into a voting session can the civilians vote for who's gonna come in charge for the next year and a half no reply which is fine he's a busy man but then david begnaud talked about the same issue on cbs where the main reporter asked him the, the anchor can they vote can 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 there be an election right now and david is like there's not enough time and there's not enough money to have an election right now because campaigns haven't even started. The primaries are... I don't even know who's running in Puerto Rico. Because no one's thinking about that. You know, no one has... We're so busy trying to fight this corruption right now. That we don't even know who the yeah. candidates for our governor um, are for next year. And it's it's around the corner. It's a year, a year from now. You know? So it's like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, well, I don't... I want to hear your point of view on that. My opinion? Yes. Thing, a recurring theme I've witnessed in social media, and of course, like, uh, one man's feed is not representative of the whole of social media, but I've seen many, many posts um, regarding disillusionment with the traditional parties, mm -hmm. the PNP, New Progressive Party, and the uh, PPD, which translates as Democratic popular democratic popular party i guess mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is basically so the commonwealth party so the yeah. 
there's the PNP for listeners who are not Puerto Ricans, obviously, because I feel like we're talking a lot about super insightful things, and I feel like I need to explain. So yeah, it's good to clarify. The P- PNP, which is PNP, that's the, that's the statehood party. So they, everything they do is based on achieving statehood at one point, right? It's it's let's like the Democratic Party, okay, in the U.S. And then the PPD is the Commonwealth Party. So they're the, they're like the Republicans of Puerto Rico. And then we have the Independents. Independent Party, which they obviously want the independency for Puerto Rico, which is not the most famous party with baby boomers, yet I feel like millennials and our generation is more leaning towards that um but i think there's still a lot of deciding factors deciding factors on that so i don't know um yeah keep going i just we needed to explain that mm-hmm. but uh one, one more thing to clarify the about the, the parties like the like you it, it's not just as easy I, I wish it were that easy to divide them into like democrats and republicans you know the pnp or the ppd but you, you can't because a lot of, like, the people who run the party, like, the, the governor is usually the head of the party as well, right? Or the person at least running for governor is the head of the party as well. Mm-hmm. But you, there's no clear, like, because sometimes the Republicans, like the person in charge of the PNP, for example, uh, uh, who is Rosario, the ousted governor, um, he was a, a, a Democrat, but... Uh, in the past, the head of the PNP has been a Republican, so they can affiliate themselves to uh, each American party right, 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 ind- right. independently of yes. their Puerto Rican party affiliation. Yes, you're correct. I'm just talking about it within Puerto Rico. Like, not it doesn't relate directly to the U.S., but it's just a way for our listeners to understand a little bit. Oh, sure, sure, in, like sure. an like, easier bi- way. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bipartisan. Yeah. And well, there's more than two parties because we also have the independent party. It's a multi-party system. Yes, mm-hmm. it's very complicated. But, and, but yes. Yeah, the U- the U.S. technically is as well because they have other parties like the Green Party, but no one like you know they don't they don't ever reach a majority, and that's kind of the case in Puerto Rico where the two main parties kind of alternate power, just yeah. like the Democrats and the Republicans. But do, I think whereas I think... the other part is kind of you know just receive small percentage of the votes yeah but i think that's gonna change really i think that's gonna change really really soon i don't think i think the commonwealth party is gonna go under the you know like it just won't be as important Mm -hmm. because i feel like we're in a point where we want either or like we don't want commonwealth no more commonwealth yeah. There's nothing else to do with the Commonwealth. We don't. We're we're in debt because of being a Commonwealth. So I feel like we either want statehood or we want independency. You know, like give me one or because being nothing is not working. Like being in the middle has us in this crisis. So I feel like that's gonna change. I feel like next next elections we're gonna see a change in the independency party where that's gonna increase a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to win. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think that's going to happen just yet. But I feel like the Commonwealth Party is going to start to decrease in followers. That's just, that's kind of the way I've been seeing everything going. You know, with all the movements and people's opinions and all that stuff. I feel like that's 
what we might expect next political elections. Well, I, I have a different view on that. What I think is going to happen, it, it can be one of, one of two things. So first of all, like I, I'm sad to say that Puerto Ricans seem to have amnesia, short-term amnesia, every four years because. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, no. Yeah. It's it's no. It's, it's true. It's, the only it's way true. You can call it. It's true. Yeah. Because because what they do is like what we do is we like one party and then the party you know first of all they had the debt that's been building up for for you know decades mm-hmm. and just they just say yeah we can fix the debt then they like get into power and they're like oh we can't fix the debt and then the people think that the the debt that they that the Puerto Rico has was created by the you know the incumbent the person in power right. which is not the case it's right not like about it was building one up person, but it's about a system yes yes but also like yes you can see how inefficient and um just incompetent how incompetent they are to deal with the situation and then the other party takes advantage of that of that and acts like they didn't contribute to the to the debt themselves and they're like oh look at this candidate you know they they cause the debt they cause all the problems let's get him out we're gonna fix the debt and and the the people go like yeah let's vote for this other guy because this guy we voted for sucks let's vote for the other one and then the other one comes in and it's the same cycle you know it's like they get into power, they, like, realize, oh, wait, we can't do anything with the debt. Whoops. Sorry. And in the process, you know, they, they have to keep paying the debt because, like, Wall Street wants its money, right? Because they just took a bunch of bonds from, they st- sold, stole, not stole, but they did steal, but they sold uh, Puerto Rican bonds uh, on Wall Street. And that means they, they sold this piece of paper with a promise saying, oh, yeah, well, give us money and we'll pay you back with a ton of interest. Right, and then people in Washington were like, "Yeah, let's do that." Right, and then we got the money from them. We used the money. The government used the money, and then the Wall Street people were like, "Hey, where's our money?" And they're like, "Actually, we don't have money. Sorry." And Wall Street was like, "Yo, what the hell?" Right. Um, so Wall Street wants his money, right? Wait, take me the back. The government take, cares. Take me cares, back. Cares more about. Oh, go ahead. Take me back. 30 seconds ago, who did you say that sold bonds to Wall Street? It's been done several times. Like, um, Garcia Padilla did this because it's like an easy way to get money, you know? Okay, like, but what was, let's go back to the root of the problem. What was the first reason why we needed to sell those papers to Wall Street? What was. What was the root of it? Well, because because someone okay, well, someone I'm, I'm messed up someone messed up and did it first. You know what I mean? Like you can't just be like, oh yeah, it's because of the Wall Street funds. Like we've been in debt. Something had to happen for mm-hmm. us to be driven to that point where we basically needed to sell ourselves to get yep. some money. Yep. Like yep. a lot of things carry into that like the fact that we have the jones act the fact that political candidates like govern uh, the president goes to collect taxes in puerto rico and brings yep. them back and takes just a bunch of money and doesn't give back an equal amount for in return like 
there's a lot of other things that go into that that it's not necessarily our fault. Kind of simple, yeah. Did we have a a part into increasing the debt while trying to get out of it? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But why, like, if, I feel like if the U.S., I'm not trying to pinpoint this into the U.S. only, but I feel like there could have been other steps being taken where this debt could have been manageable at the beginning if the U.S. would have been more willing to help. I feel like we have requested the help multiple times since the beginning of times with this debt, and the U.S. was like, nah, you fix it yourself. You got into it, you get out of it. Without seeing, like, yeah. maybe you did have a little bit of a play in this, and that's why we're in debt. Like, why do we pay double for everything you do? Why can't we get shipment, like, food shipment from China? Like, why do everything that I buy from China has to go to the U.S. first, get transferred into a U.S. ship, get shipped to the island, and then we have to pay for that shipment just because you want to? Like, it's, yep, it's, yep. it's things like that that make up this debt. And the U.S. refuses to let it go. Like, for Maria. For Maria, Trump led down on that law. He put a stop on the law for, like, a month and a half so that we could get food from other countries because the U.S. ship was not enough to take us out of that. And it was great, and I was very thankful for Trump for doing that. But it was a relief. It was like a band-aid. Like, why, why couldn't he just eradicate that law? I'll tell you why. Because it gives money to the U.S. It forces us to give the U.S. money for no reason. So, to clarify what Paul is talking about, is the, the Jones Act the same, the same you know law that gave us citizenship? It also um, established how uh, like trade relations with the U.S. and the world at large would work, um, not just for Puerto Rico, but like for all U.S. territories. Hawaii um, is the same. That, that's why everything is so expensive in Hawaii. It has to come directly yeah. from a U.S. ship. And if there's a Hawaiian listening to me, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I believe it's the same thing. Hawaii, it can only accept shipment from a U.S. ship, which is why your things are ridiculously expensive and it shouldn't be that way. And it gets me so mad. <laughs> um, I don't fully understand the logic behind it. I think it was just, you know, to make us more dependent on the U.S. Or, yes. you know, to assure like our loyalty to the u.s if we're only trading directly with them with the mainland i'm referring mm-hmm. to it's it's um, it's like it's dictatorship yeah. it's colonial dictatorship and mm-hmm. i it yeah, should this, be 100 the reason why the u.s you know asked for its independence in the first or like fought for its independence in the first place exactly right? exactly it's like, the same it's a double moral yeah among other things with our representation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's that's we don't have representation we don't get to it's funny, we, we can vote for the presidential primaries, but we can't vote for president. Like, yes, we have a I, state. We I know. To the states. I we, know. Can, we, can, we move to the states for school. We can vote for president in school, but our parents, grandparents who live on the island, our cousins, whatever, they can't because just because where they live, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the, 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 the U.S. territories are the only place in the universe you can't vote for president. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. Because, obviously, if you're in the mainland, you can vote for the president. If you're abroad, you can send your vote in by mail. And from space, astronauts are send their vote in. But if you're in Puerto Rico, Guam, etc., U.S. Virgin Islands, you can't 
vote for president. So it's literally the only place in the universe because you can even do it from space and from foreign countries, mm-hmm. but you can't do it from the U.S. territories. Yep. Where there's American citizens living mm-hmm. and being affected by the results of those things. Correct. Which is which is why Puerto Ricans. Which is why. I believe in the next elections, there's going to be a pivotal point where we will either vote for statehood or independency and and parties are going to start to change. The people's minds are going to start to change. Now, you made a comment to me about how Mm. you're kind of in the middle. You don't you don't want independency, but you don't want statehood. What what was that about? Correct. Okay, so I would like independence, right? I believe there's countries that are way smaller in population and size in the U.S. that are independent mm-hmm. um, and they're successful. Uh, Singapore, for example, is a Singapore is doing fantastic. Even, doing fantastic, yes, of course. Um, and there's many examples like this in micro states in Europe. But for example, there's certain things that I wouldn't like to. I, I could see easily. Sacrifice that you could ha- you would have to sacrifice maybe with independence for example the, one of the reasons singapore is so successful obviously is surrounded by like some of the world's largest economies like you know uh china japan and um indonesia indonesia has like a ton ton of people Aust- australia's economy is amazing so it's like in a focal point uh, but also they have like an authoritarian kind of government where you can go to jail or uh for like throwing gum on the street or you can get you know caned which means you know hit with like a baton or like piece of sti- uh, like a stick or something for like a minor crime you know like it that's not cool in my opinion you know yeah and... but like even even in the u.s itself d- depending on what race you are you're, you can get attacked on the street so it's not my point well, is no, wait, 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 that's that's different that's different that's different because i'm saying it's a state-sponsored like like you do this crime, this is your punishment. It's it's not police brutality. That's different. Okay, that's like I'm not talking about just police brutality. But I'm, their power. I'm just saying it still happens here, and it's against the law, and no one does anything about it. Like I'm not. I trying, disagree with. I'm not trying no to. No one does anything about it. That's why the Black Lives Matter appeared in the first place. Yes, Han, but okay, okay, I'm going to give you an example. Let's talk about, and I don't want to get too controversial about it, but let's talk about, sure. which is something, it just happened again, mass shootings. When it's mm. when it's a white male, they classify it as mental health, and he suffers the minimum consequences, but where if it's a person of color... They get the death penalty or something like that. Or if it's a rape thing, if it's a white male, he gets freed. He does three months in jail. Do do do. He's fine. But if it's a person of color, they get a life sentence. It still happens in a system where it shouldn't happen. So it doesn't. It doesn't really matter if the law is against it. If it's still corrupt, you know. Like I don't feel like yeah. there's there's a way out of it. You can't just blame it on independency versus statehood. Where it can happen anywhere. It happens in the greatest country in the world, in the world of the free. You know, it happens everywhere. No, but that that's not where I was going towards. I was going towards so in the history of for example, Latin America just to stay, you know, in one spot. A lot of times even when you have when you have a democratic democratically elected government, right, with a constitution 
which you know is binding and that's like the way the country has to be run that's what the constitution is for like the overall law that goes even uh, over the president the governor the pers- top person in charge the constitution is still over that mm-hmm. so that's what a republic is the law is first and then you know the, the the people who run the government are second and a lot of these places there's there's been a lot of histories of coup d'etat uh, military overthrows where you know even though there's a democratically elected system the military or the people uprise remove the people in power change or repeal the constitution um and basically establish a dictatorship where you know there's no real laws you know people can be sent to uh jail or for life or executed for minor crimes you know it's chaos ensues right stuff like the peaceful protests like the ones we saw in puerto rico that even though they got you know to basically a third of the island over a million people in an island of three million like there were no deaths there was no people severely injured and you know in just 12 days we got what we wanted yeah but what we wanted was for good you don't see stuff like that in many parts of the world because not a legal framework that allows that allows for these kind of things to happen right because if you protest you get shot or your family gets targeted or stuff like this I see, I see Uh your point, but I'm going to take you back to the 1950s Mm -hmm. where the Ponce massacre happened. We had a passive march, no guns, no one was armed. It was Palm Sunday and we still got shot and killed by the U.S. military. Like 18 people died, kids within them, there were kids and we we were all dressed in white. We were marching because of religious beliefs. And we thought there was word went to the governor at the moment. It was 1930s, I think. I'm sorry. And word went to the governor. And it's like we're having this independency movement happening in the South. And he sent, he had given approval for the march to happen at the beginning and then he was like it can't happen and he sent u.s military and massacred us all it's a historic thing there's a museum about it it's you guys can google it it's called the ponce massacre it happened anyway in a system where it shouldn't have happened we were under american rule the land of the free freedom of speech it still happened we still got shot and massacred and lynched and everything so it's mm-hmm. not what what I want to get in in here is like people are like without without the U.S. this is gonna become a communist country where like we won't be able to protest. We haven't been able to protest without being killed for years. That happened then. Today, people police were gas bombing even though the pro- protest was passive. Police was shooting people with BB guns even though the protest was passive. It's like. Honey, if three, if a million people, if a hundred thousand people, if five hundred thousand people really wanted to get over the police, they would have done it. It was five hundred policemen versus five hundred thousand people. Do you really think that was not, you know, it was passive, and we still got shot, even if it was with BB guns. There's that things penetrate your skin, okay? It's not a tickle, okay? It still happened. It's like 
I get you're concerned, but it's not like it's not happening now. I see. I see your point. I see your point. But like it was unconstitutional I, I what the police was doing. This. Well, and and the police okay. was following orders from a higher official. So if you read the Constitution of Puerto Rico, there shouldn't be an end to a protest. If someone wants to protest for twenty four hours consecutively, if they're doing it passively, they have no right to call it off at eleven o'clock. It's against the Constitution. It was illegal, and I firmly believe that the police of the police, um, the chief of police, should pay for that. Like the law should also affect him when he wants against the Constitution. Now everybody's like, if Wanda Vasquez doesn't go and doesn't get the governor position, she's going against the Constitution. She's gonna suffer the consequences. Why is not the chief of police suffering the consequences for going against the Constitution by stopping passive protest? You know what I mean? Like wait, 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 wait. But the head of police didn't stop any protests. He did. He was giving He no no no, he was giving commands. I was I don't know if you were watching the live videos. The police don't act just cuz. They don't act just for fun. There has to be a chief of police and it's the it's the guy that was always talking alongside um the governor and he yeah. was stopping the protests at 11. So if if you see all the videos, 11 o'clock p.m. hits and they start sounding the sirens for them to leave and if the people wouldn't leave, that's where they start tear gassing and shooting. Yeah, and it was yeah. every day at 11 o'clock. That's against the Constitution. So it's like, why, you know, why are you taking away our freedom of speech? Why are you taking our right, away our right to protest? And it's on the Constitution. And you just mentioned the Constitution goes above everything else. Yep, yep, correct. But correct. It, they're not following it anyway. The people are. We are. We are exercising our freedom of speech. We're exercising our freedom to passively protest. The police was not. The governor was not. Juan Vasquez is not. None of them are. They're all throwing the Constitution down the drain. So you can't you can't really blame the people for over wanting to overthrow the country for a better. Wait, I never said I. I never said that. You're like. Um, I never said I want. Or, like, you're scared that they're going to overthrow the Constitution. That's what you were saying, correct? No, or no. Something I'm like just that. saying that there's a precedent. There's a precedent in other... Precedent in other Latin American countries where stuff like that has happened. Well, yeah. I wouldn't like that. I, I agree. I agree. I'm not saying and it there's... would happen. I'm, I'm just saying it could. Yeah. and I, and But there's also precedent of places that it doesn't happen. You know? I don't, I yeah, don't, sure. I'm not super up to date with other, like, Latin American countries' politics. But my point was, there are examples of messed up nests, but there are examples of countries that function perfectly. I don't know, I feel like we would succeed at it. So, I want to clarify my position a bit. Big part of why Muñoz Marín, the, the first democratically elected governor we were talking about earlier, Big reason why he so he was this Commonwealth idea came from him originally, right? Mm -hmm. Like a middle ground between you know being 
fully incorporated into the states and being fully independent. You know, the system wasn't sustainable as we're seeing now, but at the time it was the best relationship we could aspire to because yeah. we were basically just. Um, but what what he did was at the time it worked. He used. I agree. Yes, yes. He used. He used the relationship with the U.S. Puerto Rico's relationship with the U.S. to the, the island's advantage because he was able. So once upon a time, Puerto Rico was completely agricultural, right? It yep. was the economy was based on like a lot of um, the Caribbean, based on um, sugarcane, coffee, tobacco. Mm -hmm. That was the main exports. Um, the people were really, really poor, really, really poor, especially in the countryside, um, where I'm from. And in a matter of a few years, he was able to turn around the economy and basically turn it overnight from agricultural society to manufacturing-based society, which led the way to the service-based society, service-based economy, I'm sorry. So, that we have today. Let me tell you. I, I just want to stop you right there. You said that the economy was very poor. Yes. Yes. The people were very poor. But it was because it was still a slavist system. It was so a So, it was like slavery. No. Yeah, yeah. You slavery was abolished in the... No, okay. okay. It's, a, it's the a different type. It's a different type of slavery. Listen to me. So, you know, so, if, have you gone to okay. El Castillo Serrallez in Ponce? The Serrallez Castle. I have not, but I've been to several like plantations. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm like gonna coffee and sugar cane historical yeah. plantations. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you about it. So they owned, because also my great grandfather was part of it, which I'm not super proud of, but you know, I was not. I had nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> so the if you worked for a plantation, right? They gave you a little house, so you had a little hut to live in, and you had your space for gardening and stuff and they paid you with a specific chip it was a specific coin that was meant for that their own store so you couldn't just go out and buy it was not real money the people that got the real money was the owners of the plantation so yes you were not getting whipped to death but the economy was not in your favor it was the plantation's owner it was the business owner It was the rich person. That's the people that got the real money. Now, the people that worked for them got fake money. They got plantation money, and they could go to the plantation store to buy specific goods, you know? So they couldn't go out and buy things with real money. They couldn't own land. They didn't have real money. So, yes, it was a slavist system. It was a system of slavery where you work for me, But you, and I give you all of this, but you can't leave my plantation. You will forever yeah, course, work for but, me. Uh, but, um, but also it's, it's because, you know, manufacturer, people that work in a factory usually make more than people that work the fields. I don't you know, follow like, your point. I don't. What, what, my, what are you saying? My original point. My original point was that in a few years, Munoz Marin, the governor, was able to use our relationship with the U.S. to change us from an agricultural-based society to a manufacturing-based society, which, you know, required investing into education, bringing in 
uh, foreign investment, bringing factories from abroad to employ people. He was able to use our relationship with the U.S. to make the economy grow. Right? Yeah. So I feel like that's what we have to do now. Like, even though, yes, I, w I in my heart, I would like independence for Puerto Rico and believe it is possible. I think right now, instead of focusing on the political side of things, we should focus on the ec economic side of things, get our economy straight, eliminate corruption, get people working, because people like you and me, we're, like people are still leaving the Puerto Rico en masse to go to the U.S. or abroad to study, to work, to live, entire families keep moving, you know. That was only worsened by Maria, but a lot of people don't know that before Maria, that was already happening. So we have to fix the economy first. But and how uh, do you how do you suggest we fix the economy? Well, that's not a simple. There's not a simple answer to that question. You know, like, but a lot of things, different things could be tried. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me that, you know, Singapore, a country in you know, in Asia with. I believe a lower population is, uh, than us, lower, less resources, was able, it's this like metrop world renowned metropolis, and we having, you know, resources, um, educated population, and ties with the number one economy in the, U in the world, because the U.S. is still the number one economy in the world. We're being forced to leave, you know, our country, like... I think I, I don't think I've met someone more proud of their country than Puerto Ricans, you know? Mm -hmm. But still, we're, like, leaving for, you know, places that are often colder where we don't, you know, speak... Well, we do speak the language, but I mean, uh, like, okay, it's not I, our language, you know? Like, yeah. it's... it's we, even if we, li we love the island, we have to leave because there's no opportunities for us or for our future. Yeah. Right? So... Like, that doesn't make sense to me. So you mentioned you mentioned Singapore's economy, correct? Booming economy and they're doing great. Now, think about it this way. We are not independent, which means we don't get to decide how we fix our economy. Let me tell you. We can go back to an agriculture. Okay, we can go sorry, back to an agriculture. I, miss, I misspoke. They they do have more they do have a bigger population than us. Okay. My point yeah. is, we don't we don't get to choose how we fi we fix our economy. We can't trade. We're not allowed to trade. So whatever we make in agriculture, we can go back to sugarcane and make a ton of money out of it. But there's no point in doing that if we can't sell it. And if we were if we were to sell it to the U.S., they're not going to pay us fairly because we're going to have, based on the Jones Act, it's going to be the same shenanigans with the whole shipping system. It's going to have to go to a U.S. boat and they're going to get revenue. So how I, I understand that you really want the economy to get fixed and, you know, but I don't see how that can work when we have our hands tied on how we make business with other countries. We can't, we're not allowed to make business with other countries. Do you remember that time when China really wanted to build, they wanted to invest in Puerto Rico and they wanted to build a railroad system to go through the whole island because they're like, if we have it in China, which is huge, why can we not have it in a 100 by 35 mile like piece of land? The U.S. said no. We wanted it. The U.S. is like, no, you can't do it. 
China was suggest or like wanting to make a train in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't heard of this one. I thought you were talking about the, you know, the the Tren Urbano No, 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 metro, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about our trashy metro. I'm talking about China. There, there was oh, rumors no, at one point. No. Yeah, there were rumors at one point where China really wanted to invest, and they were like, "Hey, we'll invest, and we'll we'll make a train system." Because we think it can work and whatever. And it was going to be a bunch of revenue for China because we were going to be the ones using it and they wanted to make business. And the U.S. said no. Mm-hmm. They're like, no. So we can't do anything well, without that's, that's... approval of the yeah, of the mainland. Yeah. So it's like, how are we? No, but I agree with that decision, though, because, okay, maybe we should be the ones, you know, making that decision. Or at least, you know, our representative in Congress, if we had one. But, like, China has a history of, you know, going to other countries, building infrastructure. And you can't pay them, and when they can't pay them back, they say, oh, it's ours now. I know it was, like, a money trap, and China does that. You know, I know it it happened. Sri Lanka is messed up because of it. But my point, my point about it was, even if we wanted to, we couldn't have said yes. Like, it was not our decision. It was the U.S. decision, and it will forever be the mainland's decision because we can't choose. Yeah, so that that brings me to my next point, that even though I would like independence, I think we have to strengthen our ties with the U.S. in order to, you know, help our economy to grow, you know, and we do need representation in Congress to, like, have have our voices be heard and, you know, have a say in laws that affect us. So maybe statehood is is the right choice for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the the Commonwealth system, the in between, isn't working. Yeah, that's what I mean. It has to be one or the other. I, I think, and fifty plus percent of the you of the Puerto Rican population has voted in the past for statehood. So yeah. maybe it's the way to go. I don't know. Like, I know. um, I, I just want to focus on the economy and you know have bringing Puerto Rico back to where people can work there, people can study there, and not be afraid of, you know, not finding enough classes to, you know, just graduate on time. Yeah. Graduate on time. Uh, Children not having schools closing. Mm -hmm. Because I would not like to, you know, have a family in Puerto Rico, have my children in the public schools, and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we're closing the school because the government doesn't have money, enough money to run it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what, what? If I'm paying taxes, I'm expecting Mm -hmm. education, right? Yeah. I just want to leave it on a good note. And I want to say we've, I feel like we have different points of views when it comes to Puerto Rican politics, but we can both agree that what's happening right now, it's not working. Correct. And we need either one or the other. It doesn't matter that you want statehood or whatever. It matters that we need one or the other. We need something that works. We need something that gives us our own representation. And when it comes to the economy, I know you made it a big part of it. And have you been? There's one town. Uh, oh, my God. What's it called? Is it Orocoli? The one with the freaking the, the hot air balloon? Oh, I don't know. I, 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 I haven't heard. I, I, it's, I thought you were talking about the zip line, maybe. No, it's Haduja. Yes. So Haduja. Haduja is, is doing this great local economic. They have grown their local economic ec- economy. Sorry. Mm-hmm. They're booming. 
I'll tell you, Yun, Haduja is freaking booming. They, it's all about tourism. It's all about interior tourism. They get, they get like um, foreigners, but most of it is Puerto Ricans going to visit. And the town's economy, it's great because whatever in Puerto Rico, whatever goes to the the town, it can stay within the town. You know, so they invest within themselves. So they have this hot air balloon thing. It's it's an aerostatic balloon. It's fantastic. Great view of the whole island. Now they're going to add sibling. They're going to add vacation spots, like hot huts for you to stay in, like little resorts. They have um, four track, like four wheelers just running around because they have a huge piece of land. They have a restaurant and then they have, and that's an all one part. And then in the downtown, they have a bunch of businesses. Their own micro economy is great. And I feel like if for every Puerto Rican that's listening to this, I don't know if many are, but I feel like eventually many will because I'm hopeful like that. It should That can be a way that we can start fixing our economy. We can start focusing within our own towns and creating our own micro economies. And that can bring, that can make an impact in the whole island if all the towns start doing the same thing. Yeah, I agree. So, I, that so is I something bo- that's working. Scout. Yeah, I was a Boy Scout for most of my life. Um, and I can say Puerto Rico has a great potential for ecotourism. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. um, like, in Puerto Rico, you can ha- you have three out of the five bioluminescent bays in the world mm-hmm. where you touch the water at night and it lights up because of microorganisms. We the have water. the only rainforest of America. Like, yeah. United States of America, not, like, the continent. Yeah. We have, you know, old Spanish colonial, not even ruins, because they're maintained, you know, forts. Architecture. We, we have, have underground tunnels. We have a forest on one end of the island, and we have a desert, a rainforest on one end of the island, and a desert in the other. Yes. And you can, and we have beaches all around the island. We have yeah. the hot air balloons we're talking about. We have the longest zip line in the Americas and the second mm-hmm. longest in the world. Jimmy mm-hmm. Fallon, you know, wrote it. Yeah. Um, I wrote it myself pretty recently, so... Me too. It's so fun. fun. It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot of potential for anybody listening to this. Yeah, you should definitely yeah. go to Puerto Rico and invest in our economy. We do need it in a local matter. Yeah. But I just want to exhort every Puerto Rican... We should make another episode just on that. We 100% should. On, like, Puerto Rican tourism? Yes, I'm writing it down right now. And I should bring, like, a foreigner that has gone there, and we need their point of view. But I know, my boyfriend went there, and, I mean, he might be a little biased, but it's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. It's great. and I Probably find a friend or two that has gone. (laughs) I I just want to say that it is possible to fix our economy in a more local way. We just need... We just need to get to it, man. We need to stop waiting for the governor to help us. Because they clearly don't know yeah, what yeah, they're for doing. Yeah, sure. There's, there's a lot to be done and a lot that can be done. So yeah. So, yeah. So thank you so much for being in this episode. I feel like we had a great conversation. It was very informative. Very heated at some point. This is like a whole telenovela up in here. It's like a soap opera and one hour episode. Um, but yeah, so I... Definitely hope to have you again. Now tell us where can they find you on social media? Um, so well my Instagram is uh IA Gonzalez uh ninety seven. I'm on Facebook, uh Ian Gonzalez. Um but I'm planning on maybe opening 
maybe like a YouTube channel, maybe another podcast myself. You've inspired me to do so. Maybe I maybe I will in the future. It's quite fun, I must um, tell you. But yeah, um, all you Iowa State students, uh, you can find me. I'll be running the Polyglot Club next semester. I hope you, you join and learn a language or just share your language learning experience if you have if you have that or just uh we say if, if you even if you uh can say four words in spanish or you've had four languages for four years of spanish or can speak four languages you know all levels of language learning are are welcome because we we really believe that tolerant like learning all language you learn about other cultures and that you know increases that amount of tolerance and understanding in the world so 100%. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much. And you guys yeah. can listen to this podcast in both Spotify and iTunes or Podbean. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to edit that. But yes, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. You can listen to me and all of those. Um, you can follow my Instagram at Let's Talk About It 019. Twitter at the same Let's Talk About It 019. And email at talk about it 019 because let's talk about it was already freaking taken um even though i put the 019 on it so yes please leave a comment in whatever media you listen to it helps a lot and tell us what other things you want us to talk about later i will make sure to find someone to talk about it with yeah thank you so much don't forget to like and subscribe yeah i don't i don't think they can like and subscribe on this just follow the show or something just download it But yeah, I'll see you next time. Bye.